Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello again, friends. This is Pastor Visser of Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church. And today we're going to be taking a look at the Prince of this World. As promised, I told you I would bring you a sermon looking into another name of Satan. And that name is God of this World, or Prince of this World. Now the importance, naturally, of preaching something like this is to instill within the minds of the Christian believer that we are under a satanic government. Any government that is erected contrary to Yahweh God will not stand. But Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now what Paul is saying here is several things, but the most important, of course, is the fact that the God of this world will blind the minds of those who do not believe. Tying perfectly into what Paul wrote in his second chapter of Romans, and that is that God will give the unbelievers or those who do not like to retain his law within their knowledge, over to a reprobate mind. Well, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're provided a key as to why. Why? Well, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, the reason Yahweh God allows Satan to be the quote-unquote lowercase God of this world as it is rendered here in chapter 4, verse 4 of Second Corinthians, is because he is designed to draw away those that don't believe. More specifically, if they choose not to believe, well, he will blind the minds of them that don't believe. Meaning that they're truly not wise at all. And this is why scripture says, a fool says, within their heart there is no God. Because implying that there is no God is the first step of foolishness. In my book, because... It leads to you dismissing so many other undeniable facts. This is why liberal logic is not very logical at all. But also notice here in Second Corinthians, Paul tells us that Jesus Christ is the quote-unquote image of God. Tying perfectly back into Genesis, whereas one group of man was formed of the ground and another was created in God's image. One held his likeness, the other was a direct copy. Jesus Christ would, of course, be the image of the quote-unquote invisible God. 
Now, God, of course, would be Yahweh. So, Jesus Christ being Yahshua is merely God manifest in the flesh. But the spirit that rules this world is what we're discussing today, and that is the quote-unquote prince of this world. Now, today, as I'm preaching this, August 5th, 2015, there's going to be many people who say, well, that sounds very foreign to what I've been taught. Because, after all, my pastor doesn't say that this world is dominated by Satan's politics. My answer to that, of course, is I know. I'm well aware of that. For example, let's read the same exact two verses. However, this time in the Amplified King James Version. Paul says, Even if our gospel, the glad tidings, also be hidden, obscured and covered up with a veil that hinders the knowledge of God, it is hidden only to those who are perishing, and obscured only to those who are spiritually dying, and veiled only to those who are lost. For the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds, that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah, who is the image and the likeness of God. And indeed, that is true for Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is merely God in flesh form. So he was both the image and likeness of God. Ironically here, the Amplified renders it a tad bit better. And the Amplified King James does not render this terminology, God of this world, quote-unquote, any differently than the original 1611 King James. That is because I'm about to prove to you who this God of this world is. But before moving on from 2 Corinthians, I feel it only fair to point out that it's also here where Paul provides a valuable key, found in the 11th chapter, where he warns against false teachers. And in verse 3 he says, I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So understand what Paul is teaching here transcends just the expatio aspect of this, and that is the fact that Eve was seduced. If we look deeper at this word beguiled, you'll see that that's exactly what it means. Expatio in the Greek. But Paul wants you to be on guard, and he wants you to understand that the serpent beguiled Eve, or seduced her through his subtlety. This is an aspect that most people do not understand, that Satan is the prince of this world. In fact, Eve learned that the hard way, did she not? Because after all, Satan was there. There were two proverbial trees placed before Adam and Eve in the garden. Well, of course our original forefathers choose to miss. And that passed sin on to each and every one of us. But Satan is the god of this world, and that's easily confirmable by going to the first two chapters of the book of Job. Now, according to many theologians, Job is the oldest book in all of canon. And I personally agree with that sentiment. Because what's being discussed here, many things like the morning stars, the catabol, and the day in which the sons of God present themselves before Yahweh, well, these would have predated Satan's rebellion or the six days of rejuvenation. For example, in Job chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, we read this. 
Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before Yahweh, and Satan came also among them. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou? Stopping right there, he asks them, Where are you coming from? Where have you been? How does Satan respond? Then Satan answered Yahweh and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. Now right there it's already established that Satan is the prince of this world. Because he was given free reign right here. Of course in verse 8 of Job chapter 1, Yahweh says unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Proving much like we already covered from Corinthians, that the purpose of Satan is to blind the hearts of those who don't believe. And, of course, Job was not one. He passed those trials of faith. But the point here is that Satan was walking to and fro in the earth upon it. It was his. So much later, thousands of years later, when he's tempting Yahshua Messiah, and he offers him all the kingdoms of the world... If Christ would do Satan homage, you understand why. He was able to give all those kingdoms of the world because he is the God of this world, lowercase, but still, a false idol. Someone who rules adversarial to Yahweh God, because after all, that is what Satan's name means. Now, I do want to point out that in the feminine, this terminology, God of the world, would be Gaia. And perhaps you've heard that before, because in the Greek, Gaia means Earth Mother Goddess. So it fits perfectly into this. That is, Satan being the masculine is considered either the prince or the god of this world. In over ten places in the Old and the New Testament. And Gaia also, being the Mother Earth Goddess, is considered goddess of this world. Why is this important? Because... Out there within the secular world, you hear this term, Mother Earth, many more times than you ever will the name of Yahweh God. And of course, there's a reason for that. Have you ever stopped to consider how blasphemous it is to Yahweh God to create the world, to give it to us as a gift, to give us the seasons, the rain in season and out of season, etc.? And to have unruly man and Israelites to come and give thanks to Mother Earth. Or make the statement that Mother Earth is being attacked or under attack. Well, that's just a side note. Satan, like Yahweh God, is both the masculine and the feminine. And so, so far we've covered, at least in a few texts, in the second epistle of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 4 and verse 11, that Satan is considered the god of this world, or also the god of this age, is a more polite way of putting it. The god of this earth age that we are living in, Babylon. We also have covered, very briefly, the aspect that Satan is considered the prince of the power of the air. Now, where is that found? That is found also in the New Testament, in the Pauline epistles, but this time it is found in the book of Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning right in verse 1, Paul says, You who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. 
Now what you need to understand is there's three points here. The prince of this world is the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Who's that? Well, those are the same exact people that Paul said in 2 Corinthians are blinded. The God of this world comes and blinds them. They're blind, therefore they cannot truly be obedient. But Paul also says that when we were dead in our own sins and trespasses, well, we walked according to the course of this world. The course of this world is who? According to the prince of the power of the air. Very important terminology in my book, air. Why? Because for several reasons. But perhaps the most important is the rapture doctrine is the doctrine of Satan. Nowhere in scripture will you read about us being raptured away into and through the air other than to meet Yahshua and bring him back with his saints in that great and terrible day. However, Yahweh God is not a coward. He does not come, take his saints, and leave this earth to the devil. Rather, the devil is finally cast out. That is why, and I'm reading now from the Amplified King James, in which at one time, you, I, everybody who's listening to this, who is an Israelite, walked habitually. We were following the course and the fashion of this world. We were under the sway and the tendency of this present age and following the prince of the power of air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedient. The careless, the rebellious, the unbelieving, all who go against the purposes of God. Now, that's an expansive reading, is it not? But... Paul's making differentiation between the spirit of Yahweh God and the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world is a demonic spirit. It is an evil spirit. It is contrary to Yahweh God. In fact, he confirms that in verse 3. That we also, when we followed the desires of the flesh and the mind, which of course the prince of this world pushes upon us, we were by nature the children of wrath. As the others, no different. Not called out, not chosen, but just a natural brute beast meant to be taken and destroyed. Now, Satan is considered to be the prince of the power of the air. Another important aspect about this title in my book is the fact that Satan often rules, or more specifically perverts, through the airwaves. Whether it's television or radio or even periodicals, The way he does that is through the airwaves, through electricity, if you will. And perhaps the most simplistic way to bring down Babylon, as it is rebuilt today, is to pull the plug on his electronic kingdom, is to tune out all of his propaganda, not to buy it, consume it, or be part of it. Now, I feel it's important to point out in Greek, that when you see the terminology prince within scripture, it's taken from the Greek word archon, meaning of the first in rank. So in making this statement, prince of the world, we're not saying that Satan is equal to Yahweh God. We're not saying that he has more power than Yahweh God. But we are saying that he's first in rank. That he was first formed in his beauty, as we read about Lucifer. That he was perfect in his ways until iniquity was found within him, like we read in Ezekiel. Archon means first in rank, like the book of Job in the first two chapters. 
Satan was there long before you and I and long before our great-great-grandparents. That's common sense. So I do want to make that point extremely clear, and that is the fact that we're not saying Satan is equal to Yahweh God because that's an impossibility. In fact, I'm going to prove that to you this Wednesday evening before you go home. That we're not to fear the prince of this world. But, for all intents and purposes, every government of man that is diametrically opposed to Yahweh God is just this. A government of the prince of this world. And this is why in times past you've heard me say, I'm not going to split hairs when it comes to Saul Yen or the Green Man or Satan, Sataniel, Lucifer. It all means the same thing. And now the single seed liner will come in and say that Satan's just your flesh. And I've proven in sermons past that that's not our case. Not the case for the Israelite men, women, and children. Satan's not our flesh. But in John chapter 8, Jesus Christ told the Jews they were born of their father, the devil. When a man comes along and tells you, Satan is my flesh, I can't control my flesh or bring it under subjection, as Paul tells us and commands us to do, my advice is listen to him. Understand. In St. John, and my how I love St. John, we've recently revisited St. John, and in fact, I'm intending on bringing a set of about ten sermons, simple sermons, all from the Gospel of John, because I haven't dealt with it in over six years. But John is one of those Gospel authors that does not apologize when he comes straightforwardly out and says that Jesus Christ is God in flesh form. Perhaps more than its other three accepted canonized Gospels, John stresses the point that Jesus Christ was God. And in John chapter 12, I'm going to begin reading in verse 28. It says this, Then came there a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it, and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it, said that it thundered. Others said, An angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now, stopping right there, many people question this. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message.
If Jesus Christ is God in flesh form, then who was it that spoke from heaven? Who was it that Joshua prayed to as he went about his walk? Well, the answer, of course, is the fact that he was the pattern. Jesus Christ came so you would know how to exercise your Christian walk, how to pray, how to do all those things. And so he says in verse 30 of chapter 12 here in St. John, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Next verse. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. So did you hear what Yahshua says? Number one, he confirms the fact that Satan is considered the prince of this world and that he would have no place within him. That his sacrifice, even though his soul was grieved, was for the glory of his Israelite people, that you and I, by extension, throughout every generation. And it was because he was overcoming death in the process, was it not? In the book of Revelation, we are instructed, Satan deceives many nations. He's that serpent. He's cast out. He's the prince of this world. Christ says, now is the judgment of this world. Why? Because the prince of this world shall be cast out. In Revelation, another name for Satan, capitalized, personified, is death. Naturally, Jesus Christ, Yahshua Messiah, at the cross overcame death. So in the process, the prince of the world was cast out, cast from him. And also, during his temptations, Jesus Christ told Satan, when he was offered the entire world, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Why is that important? Because Satan is behind Jesus Christ. Again, I don't want anyone coming out saying, Pastor Visser saying Satan is equal to Yahweh God. I'm not saying that at all. What I am proving, however, is that Jesus Christ said Satan is the prince of this world. He taught no different. He also taught, and I believe we covered this about a week and a half ago, that the world will hate you and I. This is in John chapter 15, because he chose us out of the world. Therefore, this world, being wicked, will despise you, because you're chosen, you're called, out of this world, into the light of God. Now, that's exactly what we've already covered. And John also writes down that Jesus Christ was intimately familiar with this terminology, Prince or God of this world. For example, in John chapter 14, beginning in verse 28. I'm going to read this from the Amplified this time. Christ says, You heard me tell you, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you really loved me, you would have been glad, because I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater and mightier than I am. Now why is that? Because Yahweh God is spirit, is he not? And Jesus Christ was a little lower than the angels, created for the purpose of suffering, for this act that he's talking about right here. And he wants you to understand that you would be grateful, and not sorrowful, that Jesus Christ would be that lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Why? By his stripes we are healed. Verse 29, And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does take place you may believe and have faith in and rely on me. I will not talk with you much more. For the prince, the evil genius and ruler of this world is coming. And he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him. And he has no power over me. 
But Satan is coming, and I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know and be convinced that I love the Father. And I only do that which Yahweh has instructed me to do. I act in full agreement with his orders. Now the most important part of this block of passages in my book is verse 30. Hereafter I will not talk much with you. Why? Because the prince of the world is coming. Who's that death? It's appointed to every man to die one time. That's one thing we're assured of. Is it not that every man is going to be born, live, and eventually die? Christ is saying in verse 30, I'm not going to talk very much longer after this point. I'm going to be dead. I'm going to be crucified. And the one who's going to do that is the prince of the world. He's coming and he has no place within me. He hath nothing in me, according to the King James. Why? Because Jesus Christ, of course, would overcome death through his ultimate sacrifice on the cross. But that's not the only reason Jesus Christ laid down his life willfully. In fact, those are found in chapter 16 of St. John. He says this, of the coming of the Spirit. This is how you know the Spirit of Yahweh God, in its return and also to be recognized within his sons and daughters, his prophets, his teachers, your neighbors. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now that's what a true spirit of Yahweh God will do within you or just the spirits that do roam this earth. Perhaps that's a study for another day. But there are spirits that roam each and every individual and not only every individual, but every home, every township, every city, every state, every nation, and so on. The spirit down here under the prince of this world is not a spirit of Yahweh God, and that is why the righteous saints are persecuted. On the same token, the wicked are given a slap on the hand by the judicial system, and they're freed back out on the streets to cause more sin, more chaos, more pestilence that goes in their midst. But not the coming of the Spirit. Not the Spirit of truth. When He comes, He will reprove the world of sin. That's what Jesus Christ did. And that's why the Prince of the world had no place within Him. Jesus Christ is the King of the world. King of Judea. King of all Israel. Not the Prince. Not a lowercase. And that's what you need to understand. While Satan is the Prince of this world, we bow to Yahweh God. And Yahweh God is greater than Satan, is he not? That should be common sense. But the coming of the Spirit will reprove the world. That is, the world of sin. How can I say that? Verse 9. Of sin, because they believe not on me. The Spirit of truth will reprove those things that are a violation of God's law. Because why? Well, the world does not believe on him. The majority. Verse 10. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more. Finally, verse 11, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Three times here in the Gospel of John, Jesus Christ referred to Satan as the prince or God of this world. And that is because he truly is. We've covered Paul in Ephesians chapter 2, where he's considered the prince of the power of the air. And I pointed out how Satan usually does fly through the air, work through the air, or through the airwaves. In this latter era, he uses the internet, most assuredly. And most of society has a Wi-Fi or a Bluetooth device in some regard or the other. 
So it's not surprising when we understand that Satan is the first in rank, the archon in the Greek, the prince of this world, because he was created before us. We also covered Job, and I proved, without going into the temptations of Yahshua Messiah, that Satan was allowed free reign by Yahweh to go against Job, to cause calamity in his life, albeit under the control of Yahweh God, but he walked to and fro upon and in the earth, meaning that it was his realm, the realm in which he operates. For example, before I go this particular Wednesday evening, I really want to drive home the point that Satan can appear just as Yahweh God or an angel of Yahweh God and whatever form he desires to. And he has numerous names. The way of the single seed liner is to come in and say, well, Lucifer doesn't mean Lucifer, it's the king of Babylon. The king of Tyre doesn't mean Lucifer or false rock either. Doesn't have anything to do with Satan because they love protecting their father, the devil. But in Revelation chapter 12, we can read in verse 9, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Stopping right there. How would Satan be able to deceive the entire world if he was not the prince of that same said world? I really want you to understand this, because if Satan is the prince of this world, if his wicked spirit and his influence is felt in politics and behind the 501c3 Judeo-Christian pulpit, then you're not going to be fed truth in any building that is his, any form of organized religion. No more than politics will be our answer. There is no great white hope that will allow us to vote ourselves out of the mess that voting caused us to get in. The great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Interesting, is it not? Because in Job chapter 1, Yahweh God asked Satan, where are you going? And he said, I'm going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down upon it. Well, everything comes full circle in scripture, does it not? Why? Well, in verse 7, we're taught there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels. Now, that lake of fire is reserved for the false prophet being Satan and his angels, those same ones that fell. Now, of course, I've brought studies on that in the past. The Watchers, the Gregory, the spirits and demons that descended from the Nephilim. Today's study in the Malicious Antichrist series is so you'll understand Satan is the prince of this world, but we serve a greater God, a God with more power. This is interesting in my book because many Satanists and secularists and naturalists strive to understand power. In fact, numerous cults have sprung up throughout the centuries and the ages, all promising that their adherents will become as gods. They'll know good and evil, just as Satan, when he beguiled Eve in the Garden of Eden, promised her. He came along and said, Yea, hath God said. Yes, God truly has said within his word. Jesus Christ has said within his word, Satan is the prince of this world. And in saying that, I don't want you to fear. I don't want you to say, well, Satan has more power. Why should we fight the good fight of faith? Well, the answer, of course, is given in numerous places, but 
I feel the best place to end this particular study is in the first epistle of John. Partially because we covered John's gospel this Wednesday evening, so it will tie perfectly into it. In 1 John chapter 4, pay close attention. I'm going to read to you verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, we've proven from numerous verses that Satan is the prince of this world. And right here is the linchpin of your faith and what I want you to take from this study. And that is, greater is who is within us. Greater is he that is in you. For example, the Amplified reads as this, Little children, hear of God, and you belong to Him, and have already defeated and overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because He who lives in you is greater and mightier than He who is in the world. They proceed from the world and are of the world. Therefore, it is out of the world, its whole economically, morally considered, that they speak. And the world listens and pays attention to them. We are the children of God. Whoever is learning to know God, well, listens to us. And he who is not of God does not listen or pay attention to us. By this we know and recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now several points. Number five, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world. In John chapter 8, Christ rebuked the Jew and said, When he, Satan, speaks a lie, the world receives it. Why? Because they are of the world. When they hear that lie, they accept it as truth. Not only that, we covered in John chapter 15, that the world despises us because we are chosen out of the world. Now, that is the reason why we are of God. We are his property. We are his progeny. And he that knows God, they'll hear us. They'll hear this message. They'll hear Paul, and they'll hear John. They'll hear Jesus Christ. That is how we know. That is the difference between the tares that are sown in amongst the wheat. The King James renders it as how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of error is a polite way of saying spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of Balaam. But no matter how you cut it, we serve a God who is so much greater And he is within us, is he not? Christ told us that any Israelite who believes upon his name, that he will send that spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he will make his tabernacle within that man, that that spirit will dwell within him. Now, perhaps we could even go as far as to say that those who are of the spirit of error have the mark of the beast, and those who have the spirit of truth have the seal of God. But it is still up to you to study to show yourself approved. Satan has his churches down here. He has his children, his politicians. He has his agenda pushed throughout this land. And we're not to be of this world. We're called out of it. The world is not going to fix itself. As of this point, at least in my humble opinion, it will require divine intervention. Yahweh promises in Scripture if His people, the Israelites, who are called by His name, will repent, turn from their wicked ways, and seek His face, then Yahweh God will hear from heaven. 
Yahweh God will heal our land. But unfortunately, I believe we're living in an era where that won't happen, at least on a national level. Because so many people have turned from the truth of God's word and turned unto Jewish fables. They've turned unto the prince of this world, the God of this world, who's going to come along and tickle their ears and tell them that they're going to be raptured away. The God of this world is political correctness. The God of this world is ever-changing. But the God of Scripture cannot change. So, bank your faith upon this word, not upon the traditions of men. Because the prince of the world will deceive those who are not chosen, who are not called out of the world. The number one condition of knowing this truth, to be able to even see it, according to Scripture, is to not be enamored with the world. Friendship with the world is hatred, enmity with Yahweh God. You cannot serve God in mammon. Christ taught this so adamantly. And so, seeing as the prince of this world will come and push mammon, I'll tell you and warn you for the years ahead, resist that unrighteous mammon and serve only Yahweh God. And so, until next time, I hope the prince of this world has no place within you. This is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia and CPM, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ, Amen. Covenant People's Ministry Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.